Welcome to our North Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you. For further information about our church, please visit churchnorth.com or check out our social media at Church North. Today's speaker is Pastor Dave Niblock. Crowds came from everywhere to hear Jesus speak. And he healed their sin, he healed their diseases. Okay? The Bible says crowds came from everywhere to listen to Jesus preach. They came from everywhere to listen to Jesus preach. Luke 5, verse 15. There we are. (laughs) That's the verse I was looking for. John chapter 6 is the second verse, and hopefully this is right. John chapter 6, verse 53, says this, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. For whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him, just as the living Father sent me. And I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Listen to this verse in verse 60. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is hard teaching. (laughs) Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life, yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. This is the verse, verse 66. From this time... Look at this verse. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus says, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. In Luke 5 verse 15, crowds are coming to hear him. In John chapter 6, Crowds are deserting from him. Isn't that interesting? They are all coming to hear him at one point, and then the next point, they are all leaving him. It's great when you're popular, it's harder when you lose your popularity. One of the reasons you can lose your popularity is because of something that you say that is regarded as unpopular. In Luke 5, everyone is coming to hear him. Why? Because they like what he says. As because they like what he says, he becomes popular. As he begins to talk more and more, more and more people are struggling with what he says and so leave following him the Bible says, deserted him, even some of the disciples, not the 12, but the other ones that were a part of that crew, left because what he was saying was hard and as a result became 
unpopular. Unpopular means not viewed as favorable by the public. And so right now, you know, you have a thing called unpopular opinions. I don't know if you've heard of these. These are sometimes fun things. And some people might say, hey, hand up. I've got an unpopular opinion. How many of you want to hear my unpopular opinion? Number one. You ready, young people? Nando's is overrated. Okay? (laughs) She's standing up. (laughs) You want me to pay £15 for a little bit of dry chicken, a few chips with some Perry salt? I'll take myself to LFC across the road. I'll give another unpopular opinion. Harry Styles is average. Average songs, average lyrics, average voice. He just wears funky clothes and his name's Harry. Unpopular opinion. My third and final unpopular opinion is that Oppenheimer is a better film than Barbie. (laughs) Okay, gather back in, guys. This church is wild. (laughs) When you say something that gathers... Such unpopularity, these days you can be cancelled. Cancel culture is a real thing. Every day somebody's being cancelled somewhere. Pastors, leaders, business leaders, politicians, actors, TV personalities. Cancel culture is a real thing. And the reason they are being cancelled is because they have said something or done something And sometimes it's right, which requires justice or requires some form of law. I understand that. But sometimes people are being cancelled for opinions or for things that they might believe about certain things. And so social media now drives cancel culture in much greater depths than ever before. But in Jesus' day, it looked like what the Bible says, grumbling. And they didn't, they didn't do a tweet or an Instagram about Jesus. They simply turned back and decided, I'm no longer following him. That was their way of saying, what you are saying, Jesus, I don't like. And it became more and more unpopular. Jesus, no doubt, was cancelled then, or they tried to cancel him then. <laughs> And he would probably try to be cancelled now. The things that Jesus said weren't always the most popular. Why? Because we often only want to hear things that we like. Often it's like, tell me things I want to hear. Tell me the nice things. Tell me the good things. Tell me the things I want to hear. Don't tell me things I don't want to hear. So we surround ourselves with people who only tell us nice things and may never challenge us, they may never confront us, or they may never bring accountability to our lives 
And so we have lots of nice relationships and we have lots of nice conversations and we have lots of nice days and nice is good. But sometimes we have to hear some things we don't like for us to grow, for us to change or for us to push on to a different way of living. People loved it when Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. People loved it when Jesus said, do not worry. People loved it when Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How many of you know that's lovely teaching? When I say lovely teaching, it's good to hear, it's nice to hear. And as a result, it becomes kind of popular. There's someone who will give you rest. There's someone who's telling you how not to worry. There's someone here who's saying you're going to be blessed if you do this. And you're going to be blessed if you do like that. That will gather popularity. And these words are true. Blessed are the poor in spirit is truth. Go to him when you are weary and burdened, you will get rest. That is truth. Do not worry is truth. But you can't just ignore the many times in scripture that Jesus said things that the disciples said, this is hard teaching. We can't just selectively read the gospels, close our eyes to certain scriptures and reopen them again when it's nice, but close them when it's hard. So the title of this message within this gospel series is this, just a one-off today, is this, did he just say that? (laughs) Did he just say that? Hard teaching is unpopular. This room is packed today. (laughs) Had I sent you an email two days ago or a text two days ago to tell you what I was going to speak about today, I think the attendance would be less. Because sometimes hard teaching is unpopular. Because hard teaching requires high levels of devotion, high levels of commitment, high levels of discipline, high levels of purity. And so often we don't like discipline and we don't like the devotion, we don't like the commitment and we don't like the purity aspect of scripture. And so often We prefer the aspects of the blessing and we prefer the aspects of God's favour and we prefer the aspects of this and that. And all of that, as I said, is word and it is truth because sometimes those scriptures don't hurt me. They don't poke me in areas. They don't challenge me or they don't confront me. But there are times during your Christian faith that you're going to need to chew on and you're going to need to receive and you're going to need to experience sometimes the hard teachings of Jesus. And as we're doing this gospel series, we have to be honest, there are times when Jesus says things that you turn to your neighbour and go, did he just say that? Did he just say that? The Christian life isn't easy. The Christian life is hard. Sometimes I could say, hey, become a Christian. Life's going to be so good from this moment on. You're going to get pay rise and job opportunities and all your friendships are going to become amazing and you're going to be happy every single day and people are going to go, you're a Christian. Wow, that's the best thing ever. Doesn't always happen like that. In school, You say you're a Christian and sometimes people don't like that. 
People don't think it's the coolest thing in the world. They think you're against us, you're against that group, you're against that light, you're against, and so they kind of, you become the unpopular one. And as you go older, there are aspects of your, the Christian life where you'd like think, oh, this is, this is a difficulty. Why? Because the Christian faith runs in the opposite direction to the world. When the world is running that way, the followers of Jesus run this way. And we don't run this way wagging our finger. And we don't run this way kind of going, look at us, you should be like us. But there are times when we don't choose to live like the world lives. There are times when we choose not to speak how the world speaks. There are times when we choose not to think how the world thinks. And so as the world is going that way and that's becoming more popular and popular and popular and popular and it's like, like we're kind of on our own like this going this way going oh no this is hard but the Bible does say the road to eternal life. What is narrow? Sometimes unpopular. So when the world says Enjoy sex with whoever you want. Scripture in the Christian life says enjoy sex with a committed and loving married partner. When the world says take revenge and get back whatever you lost. Christian life says forgive them. Turn the other cheek. When the world says put yourself first, get what you can. The Christian life says put God first and put others before yourself. No wonder sometimes you feel like there's a whole lot of traffic coming your way. Because how you're living is often the unpopular opinion. Sometimes the hard teaching. So Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes, it's a new day. And a new day often creates a new way. New day, new way. And Jesus brings this new way. And Jesus says a whole lot of things in this Bible. And he says a whole lot of things about a whole lot of things across all of the Gospels. Did you know Jesus speaks about heaven 273 times? Did you know he speaks about hell 172 times? Speaks about prayer 116 times. Speaks about money 37 times. Speaks about forgiveness 30 times. Speaks about worry and anxiety 17 times. Speaks about divorce 7 times. Speaks about drunkenness once. That doesn't mean you get drunk. (laughs) But here's what's cool. In John chapter 12, verse 47. This is what I like. Jesus says, if anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, hallelujah, but to save the world. For there is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words, but the very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his commands... Listen to this. This is so good, guys. I know that his commands leads to what? Doesn't just lead to like, you know, a difficult way of living. I can't do it. No. 
ultimately his commands lead to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. So Jesus is speaking what the Father is thinking. He's speaking what the Father has told him to say, which is why the word Jesus becomes flesh. And the flesh dwells among us. Jesus is God on earth, according to John chapter 1. He dwells among us. So as Jesus speaks, as Jesus heals, as Jesus walks, it is God walking. It is God healing. It is God touching. It is God speaking. And that is why we spoke about a couple of weeks ago when I spoke about grace and truth. How the Bible says God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in his son. So all of the fullness of the Father is also in the Son. And so when Jesus speaks, it is the Father who has told him what to say. And there are a few times that Jesus says something and the disciples, like I've said, would have looked at each other and said, did he just say that? Before we go into some of those things, firstly, I want the power of context. We need to understand the power of context. Context is important because all the things that Jesus says sits within the context of conversations and experiences. The context of the Middle Eastern Jewish culture over 2,000 years ago is slightly different to today. And so that has an impact on education, has an impact on politics, on social class, on equality. So where he talks about leprosy and where Jesus talks about the Samaritans and how people would avoid them, that is obviously contextual to its time because there was an understanding there that if you touch someone with leprosy, you too would become unclean and get leprosy. Or you wouldn't be with the Samaritans because they were in a different class and so you didn't engage with certain groups of people. And so there were things that we read now scratching our head going, well, that seems a little bit harsh or that seems a little bit difficult. Some of that is contextual to its time but neither can you use context as the reason to ignore scripture don't compromise because of context the old testament and the new testament both say don't commit adultery how many of you know that's not context that's just truth Drunkenness then and drunkenness now is the same. Pride then and pride now is the same. Offense then and offense now is the same. So we can't say, well, I can get drunk. Why? Because contextually at that time, wine was a little bit different to beers of the day. And so therefore, you know, it's different. And Jesus drank wine and they used to recline drinking wine. So therefore, I can have my 12th pint of lager and everything will be fine because context. <laughs> Neither can you say, well, I'm, you know, I'm probably, you know, why? Because at the time, you know, no, 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 no. No, don't use context as an excuse. Sure, we have to understand context, but otherwise what you try and do is you try and manipulate scripture to fulfill your own desires. You need to change your desires to fit alongside scripture. 
you don't lead scripture, scripture leads you. Sometimes there are people who want to tow scripture like they're towing a caravan. Go wherever they want. How many of you know scripture will, just begin, scripture will just fall over? Why? Because scripture doesn't go down that road. Scripture doesn't go down that avenue. No. Scripture, the word of God, the words of Christ lead the way. And you are guided by them. Your word is what? A lamp unto my path. Your word goes before. The word doesn't come after. And so we have to understand the power of context for these things that Jesus says, but don't always use it as an excuse to ignore the scripture. And so you're ready for these few quick things. First one that Jesus says that you're like, did he just say that? Luke chapter 14. I'm going to go as quick as I can on these. In verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yet even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Okay. How many of you know? That's difficult. So I cannot, Jesus, what you're saying is I cannot be a disciple unless I hate my family. And even my own life. Because let's be honest. Does Jesus say that? Does Jesus say that? Does Jesus say that? He says it. Don't think I'm making up scripture here. So there you're going. If you're a disciple you're going. Did he just say that? In this whole section Jesus is talking about the cost of being a disciple. Salvation is free. But discipleship is costly. The bottom line is this, if we want to be a disciple, Jesus is saying we have to submit everything to him. Of course it is right to love our family. Jesus confirms the fifth commandment, which is what? To honour our fathers and our mothers in Mark chapter 7. Paul even warns us in his epistles that if we do not provide for our relatives, then that is bad news. If we don't love our families and help provide our families, that is bad news. And so you might think, well, this is contradictory. No, Jesus' point here is that we are not to be, it's not that we are to be heartless towards our families, but that we must love Jesus more. The NLT version puts it like this. You need to hate everyone else by comparison to your love of him. And so Jesus would speak things that became so shocking and so striking because he's trying to hammer home a point. He's basically saying, hey, you need to love me more than anyone else and hate in the different translations we'll use in comparison. But he's basically saying, you have to be more committed to me than anyone else. Because in that time, in this time when Jesus is saying this, people are leaving their families in pursuit of Jesus. He was seen as a radical and so people were disowning their children for following Jesus. People were saying, how dare you go and follow that rabbi over there? How dare you go and follow him of Nazareth? You stick with our family, you stick with our rules here. And sons and daughters were going, respectfully, I choose to disagree. I'm going to go and follow Jesus. And they were being outcasted. They were being persecuted for their decision. And so Jesus is basically saying, for some people, 
this is going to be a challenge because you're going to have to love me more and it's going to involve some persecution and some difficulty and it's okay because you need to love me more than you love them. That's why in Mark chapter 10, in verse 29 to 30, Jesus is talking about this again and he he basically says this verse. He says, Truly I tell you, no one who's left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields along with the persecutions and in this age to come to experience eternal life. He's basically saying, if you have had to hate your father or leave your mother or leave your household, hey, I'm going to reward you for that because I know how difficult it is for you to make that decision. This is hard teaching. So today I don't stand here saying, go home and send a message on your family chat saying, I hate you all. (laughs) That is not what we are saying. What we are saying is above it all, love Jesus more. And sometimes for some of you, your family does get in the way. And for sometimes, some of you, your family does go beyond your relationship with Christ. And sometimes you do compromise certain things for the sake of family. And Jesus says, that's the wrong way around. Jesus first. Second thing that Jesus says, where his disciples turned and went, did he just say that, is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. And throw it away. Once again, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into your hell. Hey, this is hard teaching. And I would lean to Jesus, this being a figure of speech. However, Jesus makes this point clear. Jesus takes sin seriously. He's saying we should do everything in our power to pursue Jesus. And not be a slave to sin. And so in 2023, I might not chop off my arm. But I can cancel my credit card. I might not gouge out my eye. But I can put things in place that make temptation less. But it is true. Let's be honest. It is true. It's better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. I would prefer to go to heaven with two legs and one arm than go to hell with two legs and two arms. And so you listen to it and go, wow, this is crazy. Jesus can't be saying you chop your arm off. Obviously, there's a figure of speech and understanding, but there's also an element of truth to what he's saying here. And so don't gouge your eye out this afternoon. Don't chop your arm off with a pair of scissors. Go to People Matter first. (laughs) 
We'll pray for you there. Thirdly, I know I need to finish, but give me a couple of more minutes. Is that all right? Matthew 19, 21. This one's a tough one. You ready for a tough one? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give it to the poor and then you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is possible. With God, all things are possible. And as the disciples look at each other and rich people begin to walk away in disgust, because how many of you know that's not a popular opinion, to say, hey, if you're wealthy here, very hard for you to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for you to have eternal life. You see, for Jesus to enter the kingdom of heaven, it's a surrender of everything. And for the rich who are listening, their wealth provided all of their security and their wealth provided all of their status. And Jesus is saying, you've got to be willing to lay your security down and to lay your status down. And most rich people at the time weren't prepared to lay their security and lay their status down. And so the rich young ruler thinks, hmm, I'm not sure I can do that. They turn away and walk away. And so Jesus is saying, I get it. I get it. I get why you wouldn't. But discipleship is hard. Discipleship is costly. It's not impossible It's just that money can have such a grip on our lives if we don't take ownership of it and begin to switch it. Many of us think I work to get. Maybe if you work to give. The more I get, the more I have. Or maybe the more I get, the more the kingdom has. Of course, wealthy people are in heaven. And whatever your context of wealth is, by the way, (laughs) wealthy people are in heaven, but it is heart that takes you to heaven, not money. Can't turn up to heaven going, hey, do you take, do you want cash or card? (laughs) PayPal? (laughs) It's heart, not money. And finally, Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek. And if anyone wants to sue you take and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forced you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. This is hard teaching. Jesus is saying, vengeance in all of our lives belongs to God. Don't get involved in personal disputes. Leave it to God and trust God. Leave the matter in his hands. Jesus was despised. Jesus was rejected. He was a man of sorrows. He was falsely accused. Yet the Bible says he did not open his mouth. He did not retaliate. Jesus didn't just say hard things. He lived out hard things. And ultimately it was those hard things that, guess what? Took him to the cross. 
And so today we can read the hard teachings of Jesus. And I've not really touched the surface. (laughs) There's a lot more harder stuff than this. That even I'm still going, I don't know how to communicate that. I don't know how to communicate these aspects yet. (laughs) You can think, man, this is hard. But Jesus doesn't just say hard things and leave. Jesus says hard things. And then guess what? He dies for the people who can't always follow what he says. That's grace. Because I read these hard things going, I'm not sure I can do this. You see, everything he says from gospel to gospel is in the shadow of the cross. If only when he says these things, people could see the cross and the shadow of the cross behind him. And yet everything he says is about restoring the relationship with the Father. That's why he wants us to turn the other cheek. That's why he wants us to not commit adultery. That's why he's asking us to surrender everything that we have. That's why he's saying, don't get drunk on wine. That's why he's saying this, this and that. It's not because he's like, you know, what is it? Mrs. Trunchbull and Matilda, the head teacher with a, you know, a fist like this. No, he's a loving God desperate for us to be back in relationship with the Father. But it is sin that separates us from God. And we do our best and we do our best and we do our best, but there comes a point where our best is not good enough. Because there are people in this room who have done the very things that Jesus says not to do. We've all fallen short. And that's what continues to separate us from God. Often the things that we simply cannot do, we fail to do. But as we begin to follow his teaching, as we begin to grow in discipleship, guess what? The gap begins to close and the restoration of the Father begins to come closer and closer. It is not anger shouting, it is love speaking. It is a passion for humanity to live in unity with the Spirit of God. And so every time I retaliate, every time I value money over faith, every time I use my eyes wrongly, every time I put family and friends above God, every, every time I do that, guess what? I begin to turn away from God. But yet every time as I turn away from God, guess what I begin to see? The cross. And it is the cross and the love of Christ that turns me back. I turn away, the cross turns me back. And so I stand here today as a very imperfect pastor, as a very imperfect husband, as a very imperfect father, friend, leader, whatever it is. I cannot always do it. But I place my life in the one who can and I surrender to him and I choose to follow him and every day I try to get in the word to make decisions that help me walk and talk more like Jesus did but every day I choose to follow him and yet every day I kind of miss the mark and so every day guess what I have to do and what you have to do is every day you have to go to the cross Because his teachings may be hard, 
but his love is harder for you. His teachings may be hard, but he loves you harder and more than you could ever imagine and ever know. So don't leave condemned. Don't leave guilty today. Don't leave in shame thinking, man, I can't live up to these hard teachings because the reality is none of us really can. We can only kind of do our best to follow step by step, little by little. And as we get closer with the Father, it helps us in our relationship with Him. But understand the cross and the love of Jesus stands there. For His teaching may be hard, but He loves you even more. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We've got to close. Sorry for going a little bit longer today, but let's just close our eyes in this place and the band will just lead us in this song. God, we thank you for your teaching. Jesus, we thank you for the things that you said, the things that encourage us, but also the things that provoke us and challenge us and make a thing. Ah, that's not easy. God, I pray that we would consume the whole word. And Jesus, may we choose to be disciples of you, followers of Jesus Christ. And so today we choose to exalt you and lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen.